Hey, Jeremy Slagle here. Did you miss us? It's hard to believe it's been nine months since we dropped our last podcast, but we're going to let you in on a little secret. We didn't miss it. We didn't have even the slightest hint of FOMO. And to our surprise, we discovered this thing called JOMO. It's something we hope you'll experience too. This is the Joy Venture Podcast with Jeremy Slagle and Thad DeVassey. I was at the Creative South Conference a few years ago. And while I was there, my friend Danielle, we we're like posting all these photos of us on Instagram and stuff. She sent a Twitter response out that said something about Creative South, hashtag FOMO. And it was the first time I had ever heard anybody use FOMO. I figured F stood for something completely different and I didn't know what it meant. Um, but this whole idea of the fear of missing out, like really kind of like resonated with me at that point in time, hearing her talk about it. She had emceed it a couple years earlier um, and made a bunch of friends. And that year she just wasn't able to make it. And she's here watching all of her friends and people that she loves partying and hanging out together. And what's taking up her mind space is I'm back here. I got to get work done. I'm working on projects and I'm experiencing this fear of missing out. When was this last year? Uh, this is a couple of years ago. Yeah. This is probably, I think it was my first year there. So about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I, I remember. The, I, well, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it was it was it was that moment of realizing, man, I'm getting old. I, I, I don't. Is this another texting acronym that I don't right, get? Right. Do, I need to go, do I need to go ask my kids what this means? Right. Um, but it's actually it, it was added into the. Um, Oxford Dictionary in 2013 is like a real, you know, phrase word, you know, to be added to the Oxford English Dictionary. And, and, you know, to me, the whole idea of fear of missing out is a byproduct of the digital times we live in, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't fear missing out on anything growing up, right? I didn't know any better. Right. What, what, what was I missing, right? All I knew was I was getting up, I was going outside, and I was playing until my parents, somebody whistled or yelled to come in, you know, or it's dark or whatever it was. There was no fear of missing out. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was missing. Right. You were, you were focused on what was right in front of you. Exactly. With the people that you were with, doing the thing that you were doing. Exactly. And I, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're now it's a condition that we're all aware of now that we're all walking around with the device um, in our hands and our pocket and everybody's posting their 10% of their best life now, forget the other 90%. And we're like, Oh oh, man, you know, I, I don't live a life like that. And it's like, of course not. Right. This is a, this is a curated feed. Neither do they. This is a curated feed people. Um, and at any time, if you follow, even if you follow a hundred people on Instagram, one of them is going to be on vacation. One of them is going to be doing some cool thing, at least one of them at any given time. So you're swiping through your Instagram feed and you get to the point where you're like, every time I go to Instagram, 
somebody's doing something awesome in a place I would rather be, then it does. It creates that thing in you that goes, man, like the world is this oyster and I just, I just haven't been taking advantage of it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if you're seeing this. I'm, I'm seeing it um, in my own kids who are teenagers now have phones and this is the way they communicate. And it, it drives me crazy. I mean, just drives me crazy. And I, you know, the times have changed, but, but I remember as a kid growing up and being a teenager and, you know, my wife would say it was worse for her as a girl. Um, but she was always on the phone, but that phone was connected to a wall. And if you wanted privacy, you stretched that cord, you know, to any room where you could get around the corner and shut the door. Right. But at some point, mom and dad came in and said, get off the phone. And the phone would ring, you know, 10 minutes later and they'd say, um, I'm sorry, Billy, uh, you know, Aaron's done for the night, you know, right. and it's, but now we're on 24 seven and I see it in my kids that the, the sort of the ringing of the bell, the Pavlov's dog, that they're immediately responding like, I got, oh, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? And yeah. it's like, we've created this level of instantaneous communication, which let's face it, they're teenagers. And I look at it and I'm like, you're not even communicating yeah. anything, but it's sucking all of your time. And the thing that's driving me crazy about that is the thing that we had as kids that we bitched and complained about was I'm bored. You know, every kid says I'm bored. Kids don't have space to be bored Mm. because when you're bored and even, even as a professional, when I'm bored or, or when I mindfully turn off the device my creativity actually starts to kick into second gear and into third gear. And that's where, that's where things happen yeah. is when you're forced to either as a kid make your fun or as a creative discover something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's that nature of whores of vacuum, yeah. you know, like you've created an open space, it created a, a vacuum for something that's not calling for your attention. So now you have a problem to solve. You go, I've got time. I could be doing something right now with my time aside from, well, let's see what Instagram's going to feed me right now. And I'm doing that now. Let's see what my friends are doing on Twitter. Let's see what my friends are doing on Facebook. You know, let's see what my friends are doing on Snapchat. And now we've created a culture of people who are living through other people's experiences and have completely forgotten how to live your own experience or when you're in that situation, creating space to do those things yourself and, and nothing we can ever do if we compare ourselves with everybody on our Instagram could ever, ever bring us the joy that all of their, what, what we at least see of their cumulative experiences are. It's just, it, we, we can never live up to that. Yeah. I, for me, I keep my personal life off of social media. It, it, so putting this back into the world of work and the, um, as an entrepreneur, you tell me I, I, how you feel about this, but I, I still find the same anxiety-inducing behaviors that I'm seeing my kids have with their friends over business stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that if I allow it, I, I will spend an inordinate amount of time trying to um, either think about or look at what someone else is doing and contemplating what I should be doing. And all of this is, is a a level for me, at least a level of navel gazing. And it's like, 
is this the best use of my time? Yeah. You know, and, and so what? So I get a, I get a post out there and, and I, and am I doing it for likes or retweets? And, and, and I have to question, why am I, why am I doing this? Um, is it marketing that's really leading to tangible work? Can I make, can I extrapolate that in a way that's real or am I doing it because I've been told I'm supposed to do this? Right. And if I'm going to be relevant, well then therefore I, I must post. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that you you have to ha- you have to ask yourself why do you take the time to post something, right? Like, what's the value in it for me, and what's the value in it for others? And I do think that we get this like dopamine hit from from other people recognizing our work and liking sure. it and sharing it. But but okay, so great. So then 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 what? Yeah, what does that do for you? What, what and do we, and do we know do we know those people? Is it a bot? Is it um, is right. that dopamine hit real? Yeah. What, I mean, what, what what is the what is the value of a like? I, these are the things I struggle with. Of of should I be on it? Should I just abandon it altogether? Or yeah. um, or can I strike a healthy balance of right. of you know letting people know I'm out there and um, or having something. Um, of, of value related to whatever I'm talking about, right? Or am I just screaming into the void? Yeah. Well, you recommended a documentary called Social Animals that's on yeah. Netflix. That is eye-opening. I mean, that is absolutely eye-opening. And, you know, for people like you and I who, you know, we, I got my first email address when I was a senior in high school and AOL dial-up. The, the, we had the CDs showing up in mass if you, right. in your mail every week, you know, trying to get you to sign up for five hours worth of internet access for a dial-up. But but we live in a world today where that's just becoming more and more and more. Like, you know, I I I'm at a point now where even though most of my life or half of my life was lived when there was no internet access, accessibility, right. wondering what life would be like today if it didn't exist. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Like. I can't imagine today's world without the internet. I can't imagine today's world without social media. Like, what would that look like? And honestly, when I start thinking about the world without social media, I, I it would be really hard for me to for anyone to prove to me that social media has brought people together. Yeah, I think social media has polarized people, um, especially platforms like Twitter, where you are you have to make it as succinct as you possibly can. So you're not you're going to cut out all the pleasantries and you're just going to throw your thing out there, mm-hmm. and 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 hopefully you know it resonates with some people and they get on the bandwagon and it becomes this big, you know, whatever fest. And it's like almost to the point where the more outrageous, the more um, opinionated you happen to put out there, the more likes you get and the more reaction you get and the more um, viral your tweet becomes. It's not something that unifies us as human beings. It it polarizes us into categories. And that's just the politics about stuff. But to the point where now you can put something that's completely innocuous you can do a photo. We was reading the article that you had uh, sent me earlier uh, this week about deep fakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, well, not about deep fakes, but uh, the one about the guy who about being known or unknown. Oh yeah, yeah. And he he just posted a photo of uh, he was using like stock art for his blog posts, and he had put a, a an image of a guy in a business suit. It was just a random stock photo of a guy in a business suit, yeah. and he got just ripped on social media for using a white guy in a business suit. Yeah. 
as if as if you know it was somehow controversial to do that and it's mm-hmm. like can we just can we just like accept that people are posting things to put it out there for people to enjoy and to to consume i mean he, he wasn't even getting paid to do that stuff yeah. but but the first thing that people do is they become critical about it and they rake him over the coals for something that has nothing to do with the article that he wrote has nothing to do with the content he created it had everything to do with the the stock photo that was available at the time when he wanted to use it sure sure I, and, I, and i think that's um you know, people are going to see things through the lens in which they want to see it, right? right. From from wherever you're coming from. Um, I, so, the, I think these are some of the perils of it, certainly. Um, but I, I'll, I'll use the flip side of that, and I think you would agree with this too. That if if we're conscious, conscient, conscious to create and to curate a community of 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 people, and I and I, I, I'm careful to say like-minded people because I think that gets really that's not at all what I'm what I'm thinking. I actually I actually do better when I'm engaging with people that think differently than mm-hmm. me. Um, but people that share your uh, share a, a a similar work interest, you know. So mm-hmm. you've got designers and illustrators, and it's an opportunity to learn. I, I I'm in a community of of writers and poets and 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 other people, and I'm more of a lurker. I'm not much of a participant in those communities. Um, but I, I'm gleaning insights, and 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 there's value to a degree in, in some of that. But um, but I but even then, you see the great work that another designer is doing. Right. I see who's getting published and who's got a book coming out. Who got who got right? that landed that client or yeah. that project? And yeah. it's like. It, 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 I almost feel like it's engineered to make me feel worthless in some yeah. in some sort of weird way, which is why I love this idea of the joy of missing out, right? Uh, instead of FOMO, I mean, I want to embrace the JOMO of life. Of like, right. I want to, you know, it's I, I'm not some luddite that wants to go back pre-internet. I want to be I want to be in control of the experiences that I choose to curate and I'm finding that the more um, I I, I'm I'm cognizant of the way that I'm using um, technology affects my life I never thought I'd be the guy and I and and so I'm I'm barking at my kids about man you're always on your devices you're on you're always on your devices and I'm like I'm I'm the household role model. Am I on my device all the time? So case in point, we're watching the World Cup. We're doing whatever, watching, you know, sports. What am I doing? Scrolling through my feed. I'm, I'm, You're multitasking. I'm multitasking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, but but I'm, I've justified it. I'm not just yip-yapping with my friends. Um, I, I'm doing this for work. Mm-hmm. Am I? Right. Um, you know, I can I can claim that, and and but what my kids see is I'm doing the exact same behavior that I don't want them doing is mm-hmm. to be just sucked into this device at all times and turn it off, and in fact maybe turn off the stupid TV instead of watching soccer, go out and play it. Right? You know, right. we we've gotten into this. Um, y- you know, we're we're yeah we're we're like observers. My wife said that it's like uh, she's like she gets really mad because there's always a sport going on. Right. And she's like, 
it's football season and then it's basketball season and then it's some other season and my son and I enjoy sports and she'll be like what instead of sitting sitting around and being a spectator why don't you guys go out and play and it's exactly what our parents would have told us and we didn't have a choice we just did right they turned off the tv or or never let it come on and we didn't have all these things and we we did create our play and i think of that from an entrepreneurial standpoint of like how much how much am i putting into the things that I create and, and, and the business that I want to build or the life that I want to live and the time that I want to be engaged, you know, with my family. And it's like, there is joy when I disconnect from this technology that forces me back into human connection. And, and it's all about what we've, what this platform has been about. It's about discovery. When you, when you turn stuff off, and you're forced to engage with people and do things, you discover likes and dislikes. Real I'm, likes and dislikes, not real, thumbs yeah, up and thumbs up down. Yeah, not thumbs up and thumbs down. That's exactly right. right. Not opinions, actual enjoyment yeah. of, of doing. And, we, and I find that I'm a more creative person when I open myself up to other activities. My brain, uh, I, I've had more like aha moments at the gym than just about anywhere else. Because I, it's kind of like I struggle with certain words that I can't get off the top of my tongue, and it's just off the tip of my tongue, and it drives me crazy. But as soon as I stop thinking about it and I put my brain to doing something else, that word will come straight. It'll, it'll yeah. pop right into my mind. And the same thing comes with creativity. And I think as if we are spending all of our times being creative, and then we're spending the rest of our times looking at someone else's creative, we're never giving our brain the opportunity to switch tracks long enough for that idea that wouldn't have otherwise come to right. come into your mind. And that's creative. That's just thinking outside the box. I hate that term, but thinking outside of the norm sure. about the way you do things. You, you, when you're online or you're sitting at your desk in front of your computer, your, your brain is on a certain track, and that thing you need may not be on that track you're heading on. It's likely on another track, but you're not giving your brain the opportunity to miss out on what's in front of you to go do something else. So how would how would you encourage someone you, you know who is experiencing FOMO you know or, or who, who you know oh you know want to be here I wish I was doing that you know to embrace the idea of the joy of missing out I mean it, it's a it's a catchy little acronym right FOMO is and and we all know what that is but how do we get people to embrace the idea of JOMO what, what, what would what would what would you do how do you embrace it well, I honestly think it's easier for us because we didn't grow up with it. Right. Uh, I think for millennials and for for younger, like the I just just thinking about a time before it is so crazy to think about it. Like like, well, what does life look like without a without a smartphone? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it's about setting boundaries, as, as basic as that sounds. But for me, it's like you know, and it's something I've had to have my wife help me out with a lot because it's not natural for me. But you know, you sit down to dinner with your family, your you know, work is done at 5.30, put the phone away. Yeah. Put the phone away, be yeah. present. When you're riding in the car with us, let's have conversation as a family. Um, for me, the idea of the joy of missing out means prioritizing stuff for you and not living through the lens of somebody else. Yeah. You know, right now in this season of my life, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and I'm a small business owner. And I have to make sure I keep those in the right order. I'm a husband first, I'm a dad second, 
I'm a small business owner third. And if the small business owner, even if that means, oh yeah, I'm flipping through Instagram because I'm, I want to see what, what other people are working on and get inspired. But if that comes at the expense of me spending time with my kids, then I've just moved everything out of whack. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, especially for you and I right now, we've got, we've got boys that are going into their senior year of high school. And I find it really hard to believe that we'll look back over the next couple of years and wish we had spent more time on social media when they were around. So let me ask this. Um, how have you felt for the last, I don't know, eight months? We've missed out on cultivating a joy venture audience for eight months. We've not yeah. done a podcast, right? Yeah. And, and there, so did you, did you at all feel FOMO during that time? Like, Oh, Jeremy, we're going to lose our audience. We're going to, or, or how, how did, you tell me from your perspective, I've got my own, um, about what it meant to go, you know, in an age of social media, we went dark yeah. for half a year. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, part of it for us is, you know, that neither of us have ever had the goal of taking over the podcast world. <laughs> That's you know, clear, yeah. I mean, the amount of work, just running a Kickstarter campaign last year became, I had no idea. And Beth will, she spent more time than I did on it had no idea how much work maintaining and running a Kickstarter campaign would be. I had no idea I'm working on doing an event that's coming up in August. I had no idea. I thought, you know, we have this idea that you just put it out on the internet and it, it does its thing and then it fills yeah. up and you don't have to do it. It's like, nope, it's constant. It's, it's a constant process. So, you know, just putting together a podcast, it takes time, it takes energy, yeah. but to me there's something really nice about putting something on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. Um, it goes back to this idea of, I, I did a blog post uh, earlier this year uh, about this concept of, of how a blacksmith works and, and this idea of uh, strike while the iron's hot. And I think part of it for us is we tend to want to pull that iron out of the fire too early and start banging on it and hoping it's going to do something. Right. But, but uh, you know, the blacksmith has to wait. It takes time. It takes time to make sure that it's malleable and the idea is going to work. And sometimes the best things happen when you step away from it for a while. Yeah. And then you get a chance to look back on it and go, well, what, we, what would we do different? How yeah. would we, now that we've had a chance to separate ourselves, we've, we've, we've allowed our brain to hop from the podcast record, podcast record, podcast record, get the next one done, get the next one edited, to be able to step back and look at it again and go, are we on the right track? Right. Are we doing this the way we want to do it? Knowing that our goals have never been to have a million listeners, would that be a problem for me? No, yeah. but that's not our goal. Right. Our goal has always been to share good stories with people. Right. And if it, if it happens to lead to a project here and there, that'd be great. Right. You know? And I think even more than, and I think this is part of that back burner, um, you know, how many stories do we need? You know, how many stories can we tell? How many unique angles can we take? And th there comes a point where you're looking for stories for the sake of stories. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think either one of us wanted to just, you know, keep we got we got to fill the space, mm -hmm. right? And so, as much as stories, I think part of having this on the back burner was a little bit more of what we're doing right now is ideas, mm -hmm. right? To um, uh, you know, just talk about stuff that that is relevant to people that are thinking about changes that are in entrepreneurial spaces. Um, 
dissatisfied, needing to discover. But but these are real issues that you know we're all struggling with, right? Yeah. Um, I think the question you have to ask yourself is why. Right. Is it because you heard about it on the internet right. or because someone told you you have to do it? I meet so many people that are starting a new business and they're like, well, I have to have a really strong Instagram feed. Yeah. And my question is why? Well, because you have to, but why? Why do you need to? Like, why is that important to your business? Right. And uh, I've seen more and more people coming out recently that are like, oh, I've got 30,000 uh, followers right now, but don't take, don't take that for granted because I've got no work. Right. We just we assume that because someone's got thirty thousand followers and they're posting great work online uh, on Instagram, it means that they're just constantly, constantly busy. I've got right. really good friends who are well known creatives right now, who who put a lot of eggs in this in the uh, social media basket. They spend a lot of time on it, and it's great. They've cultivated a community, but it's not leading to work. Right. Right. I um. Yeah, I, I, we can spend all of our time creating this um, brand, this entity, but if it doesn't lead to to fulfillment um, and joy, then then what have we what have we been doing it for? Right. I, I I sent you earlier this week or, or last week um, a podcast um, from um, Shane Parrish. He runs the. Uh, Farnham Street blog, and he's got uh, a podcast called The Knowledge Project, and he had on a um, uh, a guy that goes by he's a moral psychologist, but but he he was talking about he was talking to I think recent graduates, recent college graduates um, about social media and their habits, and did your parents put when you got your devices, um, did your parents have limitations on it, or did you have unlimited uh, access and freedom to use your devices when you want. He said, hardly any hands went up. He said, when you become parents, will you put limitations on the devices for your kids? Every single hand went up. Mm. And I think as parents, at least in this point of being parents, this is the idea of being disciplined and why am I doing this? And I know that, you know, in my, in our own parenting style with my wife, it's like we're, 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 withholding certain things and we give certain things up and like, well, why, why did, why did we allow this? Well, everyone's doing it and, and God love our kids. You know, they're just, you know, they're on a campaign to get what they want. Right. And it's like, that's what every kid's doing. Yeah. Um, and th- this is the way we communicate and this and this and this. But the reality I, I think is we do have to set those boundaries and we are the parents and we actually do have a say and they will survive. Right. right? And it's yeah. like, I want more time with them versus them buried in a screen. And mm-hmm. when, when I get one or two word answers, it's because that's how they communicate because that's all they're on. And they're so, that's the way they've been, they have been, I don't want to say taught, but it's just, that's the culture of, of social media. It's short, it's, it's brief. And, and we wonder why we don't have robust conversations. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think this idea that you come back to the idea is this idea of boundaries is that, Hey, we we do have a say over this. The, you know, the flip side of this coin, and and everyone will agree that you know we're all concerned about privacy and Google and Facebook. I mean, that these things are, 
you know, people, you know, Alexa's listening into you all the time. We're concerned about the stuff. So turn it off. We right, have, right. we actually have you bought it. choices. You installed it in That's your right. bedroom. That's right. And now you're complaining that they're listening. We have choices. And I, I, to me, that's that's the joy. The joy of actually pulling that plug or hitting pause or turning. When was the last time you actually turned your phone off? Probably when it wasn't working well because all you do is just charge it and it just keeps running. When, when was the last time you turned your phone off? That's a great question. You know? Yeah. And I think about that and it's like, my gosh, it's always on. And it's like, we can't be always on. We have to... More than just recharge, we got to unplug. Yeah. Fully just yank it out of the socket, out of the wall. And when we do, man, there's actually a freedom and a peace, a joy that comes with that. Yeah. And that's that sort of joy of missing out. It's like it's not missing out. It's actually doing what's in front of you now yeah. versus wishing you were doing something else elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just something to to be said for craftsmanship. I think there's something to be said for for quiet time using your hands writing that thing you wanted to write on a in a journal i think there's something about this need to be constantly attached to some device some electronic thing that makes you do something you know i'm i really admire dylan uh he's a, a a friend of ours he finds stuff and he paints it he uses markers he creates stuff that just blows my mind um, and I recognize my need to do that. A few years ago, I was on a weekly basis taking a figure drawing class. And it was amazing because there'd be like, you know, the same eight or nine people every week and the conversations we would have and the, and the encouragement we would have and the watching each other grow in that process. Like, do, are any of us actually going to sell these? Are any of us actually going to become, you know, Renaissance illustrators or painters? no. But we're building skill sets that are valuable to what we do, and we're doing it with pencil and paper. Like, at what point in time can we, do we need to just be willing to kind of step back from, from our devices, like you said? And, mm-hmm. and to me, there is a deep joy. I, I was watching the news the other day, and they were talking about camps. Parents are spending thousands of dollars in the summer right now sending their kids off to a camp somewhere where the first thing you do when you check in is you hand over your device and these kids are freaking out about it but it said that at the end of the week 98 percent of the kids said that they had an amazing experience and to me it's it's the act of of setting it down walking away taking some time to live your life instead of living someone else's life vicariously yeah. through your device. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, just in thinking about this joy venture and, and taking an extended period of time off. We took a little time off between year one and year two or the, sort of that first season or whatever, however we want to you know, put a marker on that. This was a, an extended period, but I, I don't, I don't think I looked back and thought, I'm done with this. And I didn't think that I was missing it either. And in part because I filled my, we filled that space with, with work. I I had um, some family health issues going on and it's, we were called to do other things. And when the time was right, we 
came back to the table yeah. and we're having a conversation and we're meeting other people. And I don't regret that. And in fact, it makes me even all the more thankful that we are able to do this, right? That once you start doing something after a while, then it feels like it's, it's, um, it, it either feels like it's habit or you have to do it or it becomes mundane or an obligation. I don't ever want this to be an obligation. And if we're not providing value, then we should stop. Right. And, and if we're not telling good stories, we should stop. Um, but I don't think we're done. And I think actually for me, that time off has reinvigorated a whole lot of thoughts and things that we're going to talk about and influence the type of people we want to bring onto the, onto the podcast. And that's a good thing. Otherwise, we just keep driving down the same path and we can't, we, we, we get tunnel vision and we just keep doing what we've always been doing. Yeah. And is that valuable? Right. Yeah. Great. I'm excited about what's to come. Well. And, I, and I'm excited about what we're doing right now. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hope that um, if people miss this podcast, I hope they're missing it because they're doing joyful things other, <laughs> in other places. Right. But now that we're we're back, I, you know, and, and doing doing this again, um, um, and I hope they do come back, and I hope that people do find value in this, um, but also find joy in turning off the machine. To hear more podcasts or read posts that are meant to nudge the dreamer in all of us to become the doer we were meant to be, visit us at joyventure.net. If you've discovered your joy but feel stuck on how best to develop it. You've come to the right place, as that's what Thad and I do for our day jobs. Feel free to drop us a line through the website, and we'll talk. Until next time, remember, never stop discovering. Thanks for listening.